Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. I'm not going to fear man that can hurt the body, but I'll fear you that can destroy body and soul in hell. I, Lord, I'll fear you more. I'm going to be obedient to what you say. Remember, if you'd like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. Let's go Matthew 25. Matthew 25. And I, I don't want to, if the Lord has to jump and shout and run over and hang on the lights, we'll do that. But my assignment tonight is more, more directed to the smallness. And you'll understand what I'm talking about just, just shortly. To the, to the smallness that's in the room. To those who count themselves as small. I want to, we're more directed there tonight. More directed there tonight. So Matthew 25. And uh, very familiar. Let's look at verse 14. We're going to read down the verse, read down a little bit. Verse 14 says, out of the King James Version. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his what? His goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another he gave two, and to another he gave what? One. To every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and did what? Say that word three times. Traded. Traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two, right? Verse 18, but he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and, and brought uh, other five, saying, Lord, thou receive, rather, rather thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. Isn't that wonderful? His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee. Say, make thee. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of, of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have uh, gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto to him, what? Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. There's that word, make thee again, right? Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slow for servant, thou 
Newest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strong. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received my own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which have ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There should be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Help me pray. Father, we gather around tonight. We gather around your word as your people. We acknowledge your presence, Holy Spirit. We acknowledge your presence here. We know that you are here with us. We know that you have the ability to speak to us and to communicate to us better than Verizon, better than AT&T, better than T-Mobile, better than Sprint, better than, better than Boost, better than anybody. You know how to communicate to your people in such a way that we would hear and understand. Man does not hold the patent on communication. So great Holy Spirit, speak to us tonight. Breathe on us tonight. That word that we so desperately need as your people. Feed us from on high. And after all is said and done, take us higher and further beyond. We love you and we trust you tonight. In Jesus' name. Let every heart say amen. 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 All right, as we said, a very, very familiar text of Scripture. Now, we're going to see some things tonight, and I want to challenge you in your thinking. I want to challenge you in your thinking tonight. Just don't want to roll over it. I want to challenge you in your thinking. I want you to see some things, preferably, that you've never seen before in this text of Scripture and uh, I want to bring out some more flavor. The Word of God is like a big old juicy T-bone steak. We're going to cut it real good, and it's so, mm-mm-mm. It's going to fall off the bone. Praise the Lord. Y'all ready to eat? All right, let's, let's consider some things, first of all. <clears throat> now, in the major scheme of things, I want you, there are, just, there are so many things. I feel like I'm at a rise. There are so many things that are here. Let's go on the surface level just for a little bit, Okay. Three servants, right? All given talents. Talents, of course, is a measure of money. Money is treasure, right? All given a source of treasure from uh, the king, from the master. All given a source of treasure. All right? Two of them went out ha after having received it. What did they do? What did they do first? What did it say? Trade it. Being with a T, right? They did what? They traded. Two traded. One did not trade. Okay? Why didn't he trade? The scripture says he did not trade because he was afraid. He was fearful. He was afraid. What was it about trading that he was so fearful about? Now, let's talk about this. This is some good stuff. Now, as we talk about the money or the treasure, okay, this treasure, that has been given to us from the king, from, his, from our master, let's make it real, from Jesus. All of us have treasure that has been imparted into us. Now, it's very prophetic also where the servant that was afraid, where he deposited the treasure. Where did he deposit it? 
in the ground, in the earth. Scripture says very clearly we have treasure in earthen vessels. You have been given treasure. And one day we will all have to reckon with the master what we have done with what he has given unto us. Doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. We will all give an account to the master of what he has placed on the inside of us. What prevented this one man from trading is what prevents so many of us today from trading. Now, let's talk about trading just for a moment. Let's say I need something to trade. I need something to trade. I'm not going to trade my water. I'm going to trade someone my pen for, let's say, for those car keys right there. We're going we're gonna to pretend, okay? Well, I, okay, we're pretending. I'll trade you my water for those car keys, okay? Would you do that with me? All right, come on up. <clears throat> now, those car keys are very valuable to her, right? You got to go home, right? If she's going to seriously consider trading, what must she do with this? What? Look at it, try it, examine it, judge it, see whether it is good enough for her, see whether she needs it, right? She's going to look it all over. Now, this, thank you, that's all I want you to see right there. That in her hand is dangerous for me. Why? Because I'm putting myself out there for her to judge. She could reject my treasure. She could reject my talent. She could say, nah, I don't need that. That's not good enough for me. I'm putting myself out there for her judgment. Are you hearing what's being said? And a lot of us don't want to put ourselves out there because we, may, we feel like we may, may be humiliated. They're going to laugh at me if I do that. They're going to talk about me. I'm putting myself out there. I'm making myself vulnerable. I'm putting this out in public view. Trading is public. It's public. But hiding our talent is very private. I don't want you to know because I don't want you to criticize me. You may reject me. You may laugh. You may talk about me. And I don't like that feeling of shame. I don't like that feeling of guilt. I don't like that feeling of condemnation. I don't like that feeling of, of just rejection. I don't like that. So instead of me going out there and letting everybody see it, I'm going to hide it away in this earthen vessel, and you won't know that I have it. But understand something. Whenever God gives a gift in an individual and assigns that individual to a church, the gift is no longer for the individual, but it is for the, it's for the church, it's for the body. And when we decide, when you decide, I pray that you do not, but when the person decides, I'm going to hide my gift away inside of me, and I won't let them know that, uh, that I won't let them know that I have it, you are not only affecting yourself, but you are diminishing the gift of the body. Somebody here, God put you here in this body, put you within the body of Christ so that someone else could glean off of your gift. But because we see ourselves and our gift as small, insignificant, I'm not like them. Uh, I can't do what they do. I don't sound like them. I, I can't 
rap. I can't like them. I, I can't do, I can't dance. I can't do it like them. I, I can't do that. I, I can't speak like them. I, I get nervous. I get tongue tied when I, I can't do it like them. I can't decorate. I, I, but all I have is, is this. That, that's all I got is this. He just gave me one. I don't have five like him. I, I don't have two like her. I, he just gave me one. My small, I think insignificant gift. And, and I'll just keep my gift under here. And I won't let you know that I have it. And when Jesus comes and asks me, he'll understand. I'll just tell him that, you know, when they ask for volunteers that day in service, to somebody help, and if somebody had the talent or the gift to uh, decorate, and, and I saw what could have been done. They could have done something with that plant or that color. But because I didn't want anybody to say, girl, what's your problem? Nobody like that color. Because I thought somebody may say that, I'll just keep it back. Whenever I'm given an opportunity to trade or to get my gift out there or make it public, I don't want them to talk about me. I'll just hide it. And so when Jesus finally comes and he comes back to reckon with me as he will, I'll just tell him I was afraid. Surely Jesus will understand. Surely he will understand. But what did the master say to the servant? Now we're, we're just going surface for a minute. What did the master say to the servant? What did he call him? Wicked. Slowful. Now, wicked relates to your thinking. Wicked in the wicked, we can say here, relates more to the, like I said, the individual's thinking because he thought, he actually thought that his excuse of fear would be tolerated. He actually thought that this was a good excuse. When he saw his brothers out there trading public, he looked at them day in and day out. He saw them in the marketplace. He saw them putting ads in the newspapers, maybe in the magazines. He saw them maybe on television. He saw their ads. He saw their internet. He saw the, you could Google up their talents, you know, and people were trading. They were putting themselves out there. Sometimes people rejected them, but sometimes people received them. He saw them doing it. Same city, same place. And he said, I'm going to hide mine. Jesus will understand. Jesus said, you're wicked. You're wicked. Wicked means twisted. Your thinking is twisted. If you think that I will understand you using fear as an excuse to disobey my command. How many of us are using fear as an excuse to disobey Jesus' command? Are you hearing this tonight? I'm afraid. I, I can't do it. I, I can't go because of what will happen. I can't. I would, but I can't. Fear has become the master. Fear tells you, 
you better not do it. Fear tells. Jesus says, come, but fear. The master, don't. I, I can't. Jesus says, go and tell them. But Lord, what they're going to... I can't. Fear now controls. Fear now rules. Are you hearing tonight? Now listen, I know a thing or two about fear. Especially speaking in front of a group. Some of you may have heard my testimony in the past. But as I was growing up, man, I was terrified of reading in front of the class. Oh, my goodness. I remember one time in the seventh grade, like it was yesterday, the teacher, uh, Miss Nelson was her name. Or God bless her wherever she is. It'd be reading time in the class. Reading time. I was 12 years old, 12, 11, 12 years old. Reading time. And she would always tell the students, tell us to, you know, you know, we're going to read, start reading, and someone read a chapter or a verse or two, whatever, a paragraph, and we go around the room. Well, by the time I got around to me, I was so, so fearful, shaking. And so it came time around, it came to time to come around to me, and they used to call me All Day Mark. Oh, God, here comes All Day Mark again. I could read, but I would be so terrified of, of talking in front of people, that I would begin to stammer. Jane ran up the, you know, they, uh, they would laugh me to scorn, man. I'm telling you, I was a big, they loved to laugh. And they laughed at me in seventh grade and eighth grade and ninth grade and tenth grade, on up to eleventh grade, twelfth grade. I was still, I was very good, very good student. And then one day I had to get up in front of the whole school. I was a member of the National Honor Society. And the teacher, the coordinator, asked me to get up in front of the student body, an assembly. Now, my high school's Atlanta. I'm from Atlanta. And uh, my graduating class had 400, 400 people, 400 students. So my school was very large. And so I stand up in front of my class and others. So there were thousands of students. I said, you want me to do what? I'm having trouble in front of 30 people. You want to put me in front of thousands? She said, yes, go. Needless to say, in those years, I found the Lord. And so here comes the time for me to get up in front of them and, and, to, and to, to speak. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. I did not yet know what it meant to be saved. I didn't know. Someone later asked me, were you saved? I had no idea what they were talking about. But I knew Jesus. I, we had our own thing. I could talk to him and, and he would commune with me. And I didn't know. But I got in front of the student body and, and of course, students as they do, they were laughing and talking, you know, and before I got up and all that stuff, you know, who pays attention in school assemblies. So I stood there in front of the microphone, and I was trying to say, but nobody could really see me. They just thought afterwards I was trying to be quiet until everybody else quieted down. Eventually, sound came out. Oh, thank you, Lord. And I spoke, had my little speech, and sat back down. 
can grip. Fear can grip. What happened between then and now? I got saved, got the Holy Ghost, and began to learn the Word of God. Isn't it funny, though, how someone could have a challenge in that area and God uses that same area as your strength? Where is your greatest fear? Where, do, where's your, where, if someone would ask you to do that, you'd say, oh, no. No. Because surrounding that is your greatest strength. Why do you think you fear it so much? Why do you think the enemy has invested so much in making you afraid of it? Because he knows that in that is the power of God to set souls free. Are you hearing me? I guarantee you none of them would have thought in my seventh grade class that I'd be standing up here doing this right now. Are you hearing? Let's go a little bit further, then we're going to close out for tonight. Is that okay with you all? Now understand something. There's just so much that we can do tonight. But the Lord flipped this thing on me, and let me flip it on you. Can I flip it on you? I've often, I've ministered this, and I've heard this. Not saying this is wrong. It's not necessarily wrong or incorrect at all. But he flipped this on me. The Bible says that the Lord gave the talents to the servants according to their abilities. To one, and then my mind is going, Lord, you gave the one five because, hey, he can handle five. You gave the one two because... He can handle two. He, you know, he can handle that. So he gave him that. But what does it say about the one? You gave him one because he can handle five. He can handle two. But in, if we flip that over, and let me show you this. He actually gave that one one because he trusted him the most. This was an opportunity for God's glory to shine forth in a greater way. Because his glory, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. He actually trusted him most, more because it's like all she had was that little piece of oil. What could possibly be done with that? How much glory did God receive out of that little cup of oil? How much glory did God receive out of one fish and a couple of loaves? How much glory did God receive out of that? Out of a small insignificant thing God received much glory God didn't call many wise he didn't call many strong but he used the weak things to confound the the strong he can use the the foolish things to confound the wise he uses the base things I mean God shows up strong and mightily when you see someone, when I see someone that is a former drug addict or, or, or a former prostitute, and, and I see them up before thousands proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, I go, wow, that must be God. You can clearly see God in a vessel that was small. But if you see, but if you see someone that has, well, I have my uh, PhD from Cambridge, my 
RBG and ABP, BBBB from Stanford and all these things. Yes, and I say profound things. And people say, oh, yeah, well, hey, you smart. <laughs> yeah. But if someone says something profound and they say, well, I didn't really get schooled that much when I was younger, but God really talked to me and he says, blah, blah, blah. Huh? God says, they can see me there. They can see me. That's why I love, I've heard so many times that uh, some Bible historians say that possibly Samson was a skinny man. Say, hmm, I can get into that. Because if he looked like this, I mean muscles out to here, muscles out to here, pow, pow on legs. And picking up the gates, you say, oh, well, hey, he got like that. But if you see a 100-pound weakling going, picking it up, that must be God. Clearly seen, it clearly seems that that is not you. That must be God. He must be real. So who did he choose? Who did he trust more? The one that had a lot? Or the one that had just a little? Can you understand the thought? Can you understand what's being said? So we may say in ourselves, and I'm closing, just like King Saul said, he thought, you know, I'm, I'm small in my own sight. I'm the least. Well, like Gideon said, I'm, I'm, I'm the least. Or maybe even like Moses said, Lord, I send somebody else. I, I can't even talk. I'm small. I've got a bad past. Who does he trust more? And who does he choose? So when we say tonight, when we say, God, you can't use me because I've had this in my past, or God, you can't use me because I can't sing like them, I, I can't do like this, or I can't, I mean, when we compare ourselves to other people and their gifts, mean they, their talents or gifts or abilities or their treasures seem to be so big. Maybe they're so big because they needed a handicap. Maybe they needed more. Maybe before we're all born, if we could, if we could think this, maybe they needed more. Here, you take this, put this in your vessel. You need a lot. But here's one. I trust you. You take that. You take this small amount. And you do something big for me. So they will clearly see me in your life. Can you understand what we're saying tonight? So if you're here tonight, you say, well, I'm small, I can't do it, I can't, I can't, if, if the phrase I can't is at the top of your vocabulary, if, if I'm afraid is at the top of your vocabulary, understand that you are very much possibly marked out for greatness, for greatness, if you have been put back or or you put yourself back or other people have talked down and, and you say, I, I, there's no way, there's no way. You see, there's been a battle all around you so that you would not see the gift in you. But what would happen if one day you see the gift and you say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to fear them, but I'm going to fear you more.
I'm not going to fear man that can hurt the body, but I'll fear you that can destroy body and soul in hell. I, Lord, I'll fear you more. I'm going to be obedient to what you said. So that when it's all said and done, when I breathe my last breath, at least I can say, Lord, I try. I tried. I tried. Last point. Let's not live our lives always telling Jesus, no, not yet, not right now. Because if you live your life saying to Jesus, no, not yet, not right now, and you die and you stand before him, you don't want him to say to you, no, not yet, not right now. Are you hearing? You don't want to hear Jesus say that to you. But what's happening here, what the man missed that the other two received, he missed an opportunity to become. Remember when they told their Lord, here's my five has gotten another five, my two has gotten another two. Jesus said, well done, good and faithful servant. He said, I will make thee, make thee. To make means this is something, I'm about to create something that has never existed before. Here's a new dimension that I will add to your life because you put yourself out there. Because you believed. Because you believed. The one that put his treasure in the earth never, would never have the opportunity now to become more than what he is. God wants you to have the opportunity to, be, to become more than what you are. So tonight, we're going to have to dig up our talents. Some of us have hidden them. There are some things that we can do that are on the surface. No big deal. We can do them. It's no big deal. No problem. But then there's something else that haunts you. That's something else that we hide away that needs to be dug up we got to dig up the treasure we got to dig it up because that thing is the, that's the area that you will really see the glory of God in your life I pray you've heard the word of God tonight we are done in Jesus my name let's put our hands together and clap to the Lord amen <laughs> hallelujah hallelujah Praise the Lord. So tonight, as we're about to leave in just a few moments, I told you I didn't want to jump from the rafters. You have a whole lot of people that can preach a whole lot better than I. I just came tonight today to give you something to hold on to. Did you receive it? Praise the Lord. Don't allow fear to control your life. You're not an animal. You're not meant to be caged or have a chain around your neck for some spirit to pull you back whenever it wants to. I will not be caged. Say it with me. I will not be caged. No. We're sons and daughters of the Most High God. 
infinite power is within you. Through the person, through the person of the Holy Spirit, demons tremble as you walk by. And they all pray that you will never realize who you really are. Because the day that you do, oh, they will tremble and shake. And when you rise from your bed in the morning, they'll say, oh, God, she's up again. He's up again. And you realize that you have come to torment them. To bring glory to the Lord. So tonight, let's dig up those things. Let's dig up those things. How are we going to dig them up? Let's dig them up by confession. First of all, let's say, Lord, I know that you've given me this gift. And I ask you to forgive me for not using it. And then let's move forward and look for opportunities. Well, really, you won't have to look for the opportunities. They will come to you. I guarantee you that. I guarantee you that. You will have opportunities to use it. You will. Come on, let's stand in Jesus' mighty name. Well, those of you that are here tonight and those of you that are listening by way of CD, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, we're going to say this short prayer together. And I pray that if you pray this prayer sincerely, the Lord will hear you and he will answer you. So if everybody here, would you, would you stand with us at this time? And we're going to invite our Savior in our hearts because he loves us. And he is not here to condemn us. He's not here to embarrass us. He loves you. He loves you. And he does not want distance to be between you. So, would you repeat with me? Would you pray with me? And just say, Father, I come to you admitting that I have done wrong. I have sinned. And I have fallen short of your glory. But I've heard that you're a loving God and that you will forgive me. So now I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And I confess Jesus as my master, my Lord, and as my savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. I accept you. And I thank you for accepting me. Now fill me with your precious spirit. I thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org.